Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Films with Ferrara podcast. I know this episode is coming to you a little late once again, but I think we have a very question to lead off with regarding our last week or so. And I am Dominic Ferrara, the host of the Films with Ferrara podcast and the editor-in-chief of filmswithferrara.wordpress.com. And joining me, as always, is our senior editor, Mr. T.J. Blankenship. Hello. First of all, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Got to text you while it was not your birthday on the West Coast, but it was on the East Coast. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, obviously, we you had a huge weekend. You were in San Diego for what this. What we're going to title this episode: March Madness and Sadness, because it's a. It worked for both of us this week. Uh, both of those worked for both of us, and. Uh, yeah, it was. It was, yeah. it was. First of all, it was quite a weekend of college basketball. It's it's the year of the upset. This, it, I, this is the most insane I've ever seen the tournament. And I, were you? Did you like you watch March Madness before this year? Because it seems like this year, because you got you were in it, you were like, oh my god, this seems amazing. Like it seems like like you're totally I always... different than usual. I always kept an eye on it, but I actually watched it physically the other year. And this is a great year to do it. I, I could see in your text when you would send them, you were like, oh, my God, this is actually the best. And I was like, yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, well, I just um, meant the best as in everything that we accomplished as a school. <laughs> well, even, well, right, but even like, as the whole, this tournament has been what maybe the probably, I would say, the most insane yeah. I've ever seen. As a long time NCAA tournament yeah. fan, and one of the reasons why is because of your Marshall Thundering Herd taking <laughs> down fourth seeded Wichita State in a bracket yep. that still looks somewhat reasonable. <laughs> the East looks like a reasonable bracket right now. Um, you were there; yeah. just it was your first program win in program history in the NCAA tournament. What, what was it like there? What was the atmosphere? I'll tell you this, is that the the atmosphere was thicker than when I was there when we won the Conference USA tournament this year. Okay. That's how crazy it was. Were there, what, because it was so far away from West Virginia, what, like, were there a lot of Marshall fans there? Or, or... Actually, yeah. It was wow. pretty packed with Marshall fans. Um, like, we had, like, each, the way the stadium was built is that, on each side, let's just say, like, the east and the west. Is that on the east side, it was one team. On the west side, it was the other team. And then, like, everywhere else, fans, not necessarily for those two schools, but just any school that was playing in San Diego. Right, because the, the way the sessions um, work, they have two games per session. But there yeah, are exactly. four overall um, games at each site that first day. But our section was always generally filled. Good. Uh, yeah, it, it was the last good. minute of that game was the longest minute of all time. No, like literally the longest minute yes. ever. Uh, it was just <laughs> ref, ref reviews everywhere, fouls. It was like, oh, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings with uh, a good friend of the podcast, Nathan Perry, and uh, he. We were just like, can this game like end? Like, I want to actually focus on like us. I want to focus on the Carolina game right now. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. Let's just not talk about college refs right now because I'm still salty about them. About uh, WVU. WVU. Yeah. That, they were horrible. They had. I, they were really good this year, and I had. I, I had a feeling that you guys might get stomped in that game, but at the same time, oh, at the same time, like you really couldn't lose. You lose to West Virginia, but it's a rivalry, and that's not great. But you still come out of the tournament I mean, with their first, with your first winning program history, <laughs> like. You see, the thing with the West Virginia rivalry is, is that everybody already expects us to lose because it's West Virginia. And they're, so, they were Javon Carter. On the one hand, incredible. either either we we lose to West Virginia, which everybody expects, or we beat them and we move on to the Sweet Sixteen. Right. Either way, for us, it's a win-win. Which, whereas West Virginia, if they lose to Marshall, then it's an absolute disgrace because oh, we can't lose to Marshall because they're a horrible right. school according to. Well, and then, you know, he loves to play that rivalry. Yeah. To the... 
but it's a, uh, it's still a, you, you won, you won your first tournament game. He, it, it, incredible. Shout out to Dan Dan Tony. That's just a, I can't oh believe that's his name still. <laughs> Mr. Dan Tony, yeah. just the greatest. Wearing a t-shirt uh, underneath the jacket was, it, it was a terrific flex. Dude, ev- every single game. I didn't know he did that. I was like, wait, what? He did. It's every single I game. I love it. I, I, I love the flex. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, they, oh, whereas here in Chapel Hill, our, our lofty, ex, our lofty uh, expectations were, were cut short a little bit. Our terrific season um, got the doors blown off of us by Texas A&M, which was about the worst matchup we could have drawn just in terms of strengths and weaknesses. Just about everything Texas A&M is good at is what we're bad at. They're long. They're athletic. Uh, they they hit threes. Uh, they just everything we did well that we do well was, you know, that we don't do well. I should say, and then was equipped to do well. That's a team that was perfectly equipped to beat us here at Chapel Hill. That sounds like Marshall minus the West Virginia game because we did not play well at all. We were just garbage. We could not hit a three to save our lives. I think we were like, oh yeah, you're telling I think, me. No, I think we legit started the game like three for twenty five from three. We yeah. were just we couldn't hit anything, and um, yeah, it we weren't creating good looks. <laughs> it felt like every time we made a play that could get us back in the game to maybe start a run that could, you know get us within within position to strike. Like, Texas A&M would come down and hit a three. And it was like, well, okay. This is clearly just not going to happen. So, yeah. That's 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 kind of how it was with when we played Wichita State, is it was just back and forth and back and forth. Right. It, this wasn't even a back and forth. Like, we had a lead early. Oh, yeah. And A&M, no. <laughs> it was, it was A&M just turned up against. And A&M is a team that at times has looked like this world-beating team this year, and other times has not. And they – completely looked like it Sunday. So uh, congrats to the Texas A&M Aggies uh, who will take on Michigan in the Sweet 16. Uh, They destroyed us, and Robert Williams is very, very, very good at basketball. And I also want to thank, take a minute to thank uh, Joel Berry and Theo Pinson for their four years here at UNC. Just incredible, lasting memories that will that will never be forgotten here. Those are two guys. Joel Berry next year, his number two will be raised to the rafters as final four most outstanding player last year. So, You see, I can't point out like an individual player on our team because none of our starters are leaving. Right. John Elmore's not leaving? Uh, as of right because he's only a junior. Right. I can't see him being like the, an NBA pick or anything, so I can't see him... Not coming not out yet, early. at least. I give him, I'd give him another gear, and he'd be an NBA yeah. pick. Um, I'm I'm hoping Theo and Joel get a chance, and I think they might. I think some I think some yeah. team might be smart enough to figure out. Even though Theo can't really shoot well, like he defends well, he rebounds well, he passes well. Like that's a he's like he's like Marcus Smart, and he he'll end up inevitably on like the San Antonio Spurs. Same with Joel Berry. They'll both end up on the Spurs, and we'll be like, how did we miss? Teams will be like, how did we miss these guys? Wow, wow. Yeah. Me. Uh, but of course, wow. we both had big, this is some big upsets happened to us, but none of them were the biggest upset of the weekend. Can we laugh at Virginia for a second? <sighs> that was. Oh, that's embarrassing. I watched a lot of, sadly, a lot of Virginia basketball this year because they're ACC opponents. We played them twice. Um, and they are incredibly boring to watch. It's very true. Like they, they're so slow. They don't like to pick up the yeah. tempo on offense. They're incredible defensively. Don't get me wrong. And, but but they're they're just boring. And UMBC just in that second half it was twenty one to twenty one at halftime. The University yeah. of Maryland, Baltimore County, the little engine that could and finally made history. Uh, it's the first 16 seed to ever defeat a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Just they were dr- just destroying them from the three point line. They had about 50% of their threes in that game, I think. It was insane. They were like 12 of 24. Uh, Jarris Lyles just went off. And Virginia, 
it looked like um, someone made the comparison on Twitter, and it was, and my dad made this comparison too. Like when at, at the end of the movie Miracle, when Kurt Russell turns to the coaches because the Soviets aren't pulling their goalie, he's like, he doesn't know what to do. He's never, they've never been in this situation. Like they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like, like Virginia was so committed to the system that it still felt like they were trying to take time off the shot clock and take away their own possessions they needed to get back in the game. It was weird. Felt like they yeah. they had a had like a six five they have a six five some I don't know at least six five Ty Jerome who was a very good guard and he they had a he had a five eight guy guarding him and they refused to put the guy on the block and like try to post him up it made no sense at all none yeah I was I was so confused by what Virginia was doing like you had an easy mismatch to attack to get back in the game yeah you never did. One of our starters is like eight feet tall, and is Bosnian. There you go. Gotta love those. Like that, 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 European that tells you everything about him. Rim protecting European bigs. They're everywhere. But if uh, anybody wants to watch a good Marshall game, actually horrible, then watch uh, watch our conference USA tournament yeah. win this year. And uh, I mean, the refs have not been terrific, but we have, as we've said, uh, Virginia. The first one seed to lose to 16. I, I, I felt bad for them almost, but I felt so happy for UMBC. Arizona got the doors blown off, which was hysterical. Seems like uh, seems like Sean Miller might have paid the wrong players. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Alonzo Trier and whoever their other starting guard is, just they were chucking up threes and hitting none of them. DeAndre Ayton, the best player in the country, took a whole 13 shots that game for Arizona. That was garbage. Yeah. Uh, I think you should. They should have run the pass the ball to DeAndre Ayton play a few more times. I feel like that would have worked. Um, Cincinnati blew a twenty-two point lead with eleven minutes to play. One of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. Oh my, dude! I watched the ending of that game in the stadium. <laughs> it, it, it was awful. The game before yours was the the Clemson Auburn game, right? Oh my gosh, it was old oh, man. It's like a thirty-point yeah, Clemson. Clemson was looked awesome, and Auburn looked garbage. Yeah, just oh man, uh, just goes to show you the ACC actually good. Uh, the three seed in that Virginia and Cincinnati bracket also lost, and the and Arizona like the top four seeds there just all lost. So now there's no semblance of like a normal bracket there. The three seed was Tennessee because they lost to Loyola Chicago. The one, the only sister gene, uh, just dominating this tournament. Just praying to Jesus, getting her team two game winners and moving right along. A true legend. Yeah. It's iconic. Uh, Syracuse picking up that big win against Michigan State. That was a big upset. That game was horrendous. Uh... Xavier losing to Florida State. That was a big upset. Um, it looks like Villanova and Duke are very clearly the best two teams left. It's it's obvious yeah. at this point. And whoever wins, if it's because it's probably going to be Villanova and Duke in the Final Four next weekend in that Nationals. I'm just that I'm nat- just ready to see WVU get their butt stomped right. against Villanova against Villanova. Yeah, they're against Villanova. Yeah, Villanova looks incredible. My God, like they like Bama hung tight with them in the first half, and then they just destroyed them in the second. Nova looks yep. incredible, um, but it's looking like Villanova and Duke are probably going to come out of wins, and whoever wins that game will probably win the national title because the left side of the bracket is an absolute shambles. Yeah. I mean, Michigan is the highest-seeded team left out of that side. That side of the bracket is like, it's Kentucky, Kansas State. Kentucky is granted the easiest road to the Final Four of all time. Uh, Loyola, Chicago, Nevada, Michigan, Texas A&M. Um, I'm trying to think who else came out of that. Gonzaga. And I'm trying to see the official bracket because I feel like I'm forgetting. I'm, uh, and Florida State. 
obviously. That left side is just – like, the South is a, a nine seed, a five seed, an 11 seed, and a seven seed. The West is a nine seed, a four seed, a seven seed, and a three seed. The East region, even though you guys ended up getting knocked out, looks the most normal just in terms of the seeds that advanced. F- one, two, yeah. three, and five. Like, that looks normal. It's a normal-looking region. And then the Midwest is Kansas, Duke, Clemson, and Syracuse. That's a one, a two, a five, and an 11. So, Sweet 16, mm-hmm. we'll come back. We'll be coming back. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more probably about it soon. We're going to have another planning to have, just so we guys know, I know we've been doing different. This counts as, like, last week's episode. We're going to come back later in the week. We're going to do a baseball movies podcast. Uh, for opening day is next Thursday, so we're going to talk some baseball movies. I we're lined, I've I think I have a couple of guests potentially lined up to come on, so that should be fun oh, to talk some baseball movies. Which <laughs> 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 should be fun. Uh, it, just a, <laughs> just a potential uh, uh, teaser for for this week's later episode if we can get him to agree to come on, which I think which I don't think should be an issue. Uh, my family friend Jeff uh, could be talking about Tom Selleck's Mr. Baseball for an extended period of time. And if you've never seen that movie, boy, you are in for a real treat with his summary that will inevitably oh, be coming, Jeff. Next, coming this weekend. Jeff is the greatest Jeff man is a I've true legend, met. and uh, this is one of his favorite movies. And obviously, we, our major league discussion is going to be incredible. So that should be this weekend. I'm just going to talk about the Sandlot for an extent. Oh, we will time. absolutely be discussing the Sandlot. I think what we're going to do is we're going to have ask everyone to break down, maybe like at least our myself and my our two guests. I'd like to. I think I'm going to ask them to do. We're going to do like a top five baseball movies. And for you, I know you haven't seen many, mm-hmm. so maybe like a top three or something. I've seen more than you would think, uh, but that'll be really fun. So that's our March Madness call. Yeah. We, I, and we wanted to do it because obviously both our schools were involved this year and TJ was there. So I figured it would be cool. And we'll keep up with it throughout the rest of the tournament because uh, it's, it's shaping up to be a good one. The, the, the past two weeks, I have been to like seven states. There you go. I'm tired. <laughs> I just got like back home to North Carolina today. Yeah, this is you need this spring break. I just came yeah. back from spring break. It was <laughs> it, it was a much relaxing spring week. break. This is my third to, week in a right, row to off jump school. back, and then I jumped back in and grinded out a six-page paper yesterday. And uh, now I don't have yeah. to go to that class Thursday morning, so that's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I've I've just I've been out of state for two weeks so there you go. i haven't been to any classes in a very long time i did i took a tap like half test last week That's there you all go all i did all right let's so uh, let's get into some movie stuff but by, by the way that was a fun sports conversation which leads me we are going to be launching a very special sports podcast this weekend a title and stuff to be announced um let's just say there may or may not um there may or may not be some beverages involved in said podcast that I will not be part that no I boy. will not be partaking in, but our two debaters will be. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! So uh, potential title, I think we might be title. I'm gonna say I put this out there, and we'll hope. Uh, hopefully, this this ends up being the title because this is a real change. It's going to be saucing on you. So this is going to be. It's going to be a fun one. I need to ask why. What? Do I need to ask why? Like, why that's the name of all things? White Iverson. So, like, crossover. Basketball. It's, it, it makes sense, I promise. It's a, it's a okay. Post Malone song. It's a reference. Okay, yeah, I'm listening to Post Malone. Rap music. By the way, we're not going to be closing this episode with rap. Uh, we're going to be closing this episode, you'll hear it later on, with uh, Ben Platt and Lin-Manuel Monroe Miranda's found tonight uh, to support the March for Our Lives initiative, which we discussed uh, a few weeks back in, in large detail. We, we talked about uh, that issue towards the end of the episode. So we're going to send some more support to Parkland's way with found tonight. And please go buy the song, go stream it, download the sheet music, every uh, watch the music video, 
a portion of all proceeds are going to the March for Our Lives initiative. So we're going to close with that episode, with that song, and hopefully you enjoy it. And I know last week the song didn't play on iTunes for some reason, which is weird. Um, I don't know if they have been playing on iTunes at all, but if you're listening on the Anchor app, you should hear it. So let's get into some movies, shall we? We're going to lead off with trailer talk because the big story of the week, Avengers Infinity War, trailer two, TJ, I'm just going to let you go. <laughs> I woke I woke up at like o'clock in the morning Pacific time after that trailer and I'll tell you what made me hype. It was worth it. Worth it. And I was hype all day. Just a it's <laughs> such a good trailer. Um Real quickly, who's your MVP of this trailer? Like, who's the one character that, like, wins this trailer for you? Oh, mine at the very end. With uh, Spider-Man? Yeah, but the... Oh, we're using our names. Okay. Which is additionally <laughs> when, funny. When he was talking to Doctor Strange. Right, which, which, ma- which that line, it, it's so funny because, you know. Yeah. yeah. And this is uh, real, man. But I mean, that's why it's great. But you know me; I'm a giant Spider-Man right. fanboy. So, other than that, it'd be the interaction between uh, Star Lord and yeah. Um, I think my two big winners—they're co-winners for different reasons. I've got Captain America for for catching a Thanos for, punch for catching Thanos' with hand two Infinity yeah. Stones in the gauntlet. That's insane. Like maybe we don't know for certain about that. Yeah, th- there are no. You can see it like when he reaches oh, hand. Oh yeah, you can see there are. There but, are at least uh, two stones. Oh yeah, no, totally. I don't mean that, but I mean we don't know like which ones he's yet. Got, um, apparently, he apparently has, wait, Marvel keeps reshuffling the order of the, stones. the uh, of the stones. Yeah, what you what we can see in the shop, we can see the power stone and the mind stone in there. It's it's power in the st- in the space, space stone. stone. My bad. The mind stone is the visual. Yeah, mind stone right. is yellow. No, I always think of. The blue one is the Mind Stone for some reason because it like it takes control in like in, in the Avengers. That's that's weird. Yeah. But um, and and Star Lord, who delivers the greatest line in this trailer easily. So so let's let's talk about this plan of yours here. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. It's just and it won't. It's suck. just an all timer. Just an, it's just great. Just an all-time joke. That and you, Tony's reaction to it is incredible too. Just amazing. I can just feel the eye rolling. Yeah, I could just. I, it's we're so close. Uh, tickets are now on sale. I'm gonna be picking them up probably this weekend. A whole bunch of us are gonna go. So oh, be, I mean, already bought mine. I'm just trying to. <laughs> If that tells yeah, you anything, we're putting together already a group that's going to go. So. I got a pre-show, so I'm seeing it. Are you going for the, to the Thursday night training? I think I think mine's a pre-show. I'm actually going to double-check on there. I think I... Hold on. I see mine on the 20th. So it's like a earlier pre-show. That's terrific. I'm excited. I am I am beyond hype for this movie. It's an incredible trailer. There's obviously more to it than just the events we talked about, but we're pretty sure you've probably all seen this trailer in some capacity. And if you haven't, where have you been, honestly? Uh, also, big shout Not watching the trailer. Big shout out. Probably doing March Madness. Uh, big shout out to T'Challa. Again, just, just looking like a badass. Unleashing his claws while doing the Wakanda Forever salute is an all-time moment. High key. (laughs) A true legend we're talking about here. Yeah. So, um, that's Infinity War. Next trailer up, we have Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Still a garbage title. Um, This trailer, I mean, I think it looked cooler than the first one. It looks like, it looked better, but... Like I, I still I'm not gathering too much from this. Like I'm not it like it didn't get me over the moon like Infinity War did, but I was like, okay, it looks solid. And yeah, uh, Jude Law as Dumbledore looks cool, but also um, 
there there's a pretty massive like conflict with like previous Harry Potter lore. Like to lead off, like I'm pretty sure he can't apparate onto Hogwarts grounds. So big issues I, here. I think I think it happened. Like it was like a, a implemented. I would I guess, mean? but that still seems like a weird one to attack in a movie like this. I don't know. I kind of have faith in J.K. Rowling. Right. I mean, she's the one that wrote the screenplay. She's also the one that wrote the novel, so they should be in lieu with each other. All right, guys, you're going to, again, hear a weird kind of jump cut in the audio. Uh, hopefully, uh, I should be able to go back and edit that. What happened just now was that my headphones were screwed. So I took my headphones out, and then I couldn't hear TJ. So that was wonderful. Beautiful. Just beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Technology. <laughs> um, yeah. What was I saying? Uh, we were talking the the apparating into Hogwarts thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think this might be like this was like a rule that was later implemented. Um, like this is apparating the Hogwarts. Right. Like everyone, like everyone forgets that J.K. Rowling is the one that wrote the screenplay. So I'm sure there's a reasoning behind everything because you have to remember this is pre Harry Potter. Right. So it's still a weird thing to like. I suppose to like want to explain in this movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I guess. Or yeah, over no, the I course of I think they got five of these planned, which is way too much. Way too much. I mean, yeah. There's no reason for five Fantastic Beast movies. Zero reason. Um I mean it, it gives me more Eddie Redmayne, so I'm not that upset. Right. But Again, like I said, I, I think it looks better. I just, I'm still a little iffy on Johnny Depp. Like, honestly, they should have just, like, put Colin Farrell as the actual Grindelwald and, like, played for and gotten someone else initially. Like, it just, like, Johnny Depp just seems too out there for this sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get what you mean. I think his star power is too much for this. I feel like he, he, they should have had. Just like yeah, Colin Farrell should have been Grindelwald. That was the correct move all along, honestly. They actually had yeah, probably agree. the better actor attached. And they decided to make him Johnny Depp, which was stupid. All right. But that's Fantastic Beast 2. That's coming out in November. Next up, we have a trailer that came out today. Uh, Tag, starring Jeremy Renner, Jake Johnson, Ed Helms, and the great, the legendary Hannibal Burris. Uh, what did you think of this trailer, TJ? Which tag? Trailer? The with Jeremy Renner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting. I think I, I just I just that opening scene killed me as Jeremy Renner is like out there. He's at the altar getting married and Ed Helms just goes for the tag. Um one thing yeah. that's interesting to note, by the way, Jeremy Renner, who's done all these big action movies, has never never got hurt on any Marvel movie or a Mission Impossible movie around here. Anything like that? I believe he broke his wrist making this movie. That's crazy. So this is going to be the most insane game of tag of all time. <laughs> I'm sorry. We had a, a big game winner for Marcus Morris in Boston just now. Big time game winner on national television. Yeah. Right. Everyone on the Celtics is hurt. So this is a gigantic win. Gigantic win. Um, but yeah, this, and uh, this movie just looks funny and Hannibal Burris, just every line he says, probably just because he's Hannibal Burris and like knowing him from Eric Andre, the Eric Andre show just destroyed me. Yeah. Like just every little thing he said just had me rolling. Just the way Hannibal Burris just says things is funny. Yeah, no, I agree. Like if you've ever watched the Eric Andre show, like he just has, he is incredible. 
Just, the, just the yeah. He's pretty, he's really funny. His stand up is good, and just the, the stuff he's able to do with Eric Andre is incredible. And he looks the part here. He was funny in Spider Man Homecoming too, in his limited scenes. Oh yeah, I know you're talking about yeah. So a true legend, Hannibal Burris. This movie looks funny. It looks entertaining. Could be a fun little action comedy. It seems like we don't get enough of that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And then the tearjerker trailer. The trailer came out. This trailer came out today as well uh, from Focus Features. Would you be my neighbor? A documentary about Mister Rogers and oh, buddy. Oh, dude, I felt myself tearing. A up true legend. That. A, it's a true a- legend. A good documentary. When you when you talk about true legends, like Mister Rogers is up there, like at the top of the list. And if he isn't, then you're wrong. Right. Like, just unbelievable. <laughs> Fred yeah. Rogers is an all-time great person. This is just a, a universally known fact. Agreed. Agreed. So, I, I, am, I am jazzed to see this. Hopefully this gets a big wide release, which most documentaries don't, but I think people want to see this one. I think this one actually might be good. That now. would be awesome, because I really want to see this. And maybe cry. But yeah. I mean, it'd be worth it. Very much so. Uh, I, do we have really anything else to say other than this looks amazing? And rest in peace, Fred Rogers. No. Uh, okay. There was also no, a trailer that I'm came out crap. for Sicario 2, which is now called Sicario Day of the Soldado, which is a trash title, but I did not get a chance to watch it. So I don't want to watch any more trailers for that movie. I'm, I'm, I'm good as is. I'm going to see it. So it's not like Infinity yeah. War where I'm dying to see the next footage. Like Sicario 2. I'm like, I'm good. I'm you've got me already. And you and it's not one of those things I'm like biting at the nails to see what else you can bring. Like I know what you're bringing. So All right, let's go to the box office here this week. We haven't talked about box office in a while, but Black Panther made history again. It's so stunning. Um took home number one at the domestic box office for the fifth consecutive weekend, the first movie to do so since Avatar. Passed $600 million at the domestic box office, and by the end of this coming weekend, we'll have finally, we'll have passed the Avengers to become the highest-grossing superhero movie of all time and is well on its way to, uh, to potentially passing Titanic. Uh, could end up at third all time on the domestic box office charts over the next uh, over the next few weeks. We and is when it passes the Avengers will become the highest grossing superhero movie of all time at the domestic box office. And it just a historic box office hit and a very deserving hit, honestly. Glad yeah. to see Black Panther is making the sort of money it's making. Because it deserves it. So, I don't think there's much else to say other than, like, congratulations. Like, it's doing insane numbers. Yep. But moving on, let's, let's actually do... I forgot to put this on the, the uh, rundown, but we're going to do a quick little TV talk. We got the ATL, the weekly, weekly segment where we recap every episode of Donald Glover's Atlanta. And this, could, this episode, like most episodes of Atlanta, could just be called Earn Takes an L. And that's a, it's a, yeah, it's just a terrific, uh, another terrific episode of this show. We're three episodes in and we're, we're up to season two and we have not hit a dud. And we're 13 total episodes in and we've not hit a dud yet. Um, the episode, it starts with a parody of the, the North North mom, uh, which is incredible. Uh, the, the white mom that heard a Vince Staples song in the car and like posted, like did like an Instagram live, like crying as she heard, she read the lyrics aloud. Like this is what the children are listening to. It was hysterical. And so they did a parody of that. And then the rest of the episode was basically just earn, getting some money and then attempting to flex and then experiencing racism and then getting screwed out of that money at the strip club. So a, a, a set, and then at the end he loses a race to Michael Vick, and it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Great, just I, th- I think it's one of those you just gotta watch the episode because Earn just just takes so many L's trying to take his girl on a real date. It's upsetting. 
So upsetting. I feel that. I feel yeah. that. Just getting screwed out of his money, experiencing racism. It was it was fascinating. <coughs> that was me in uh, San Diego and Texas. Like, oh, I have money. Oh, and it's gone. It's gone. All right. <laughs> yep. It's like the uh, the South Park one. You have, and it's gone. Okay. All right, let's get to some news. We have a fair number of topics here to cover. The biggest one, however, clearly deadline reported last week, and it's been officially confirmed since then. Uh, Ava DuVernay is, has signed on to direct The New Gods over at DC. These are characters created by Jack Kirby, uh, the Marvel legend after he went over to DC. Um, you know, she directed Selma, which is an incredible film. She just got done with A Wrinkle in Time, which seems like she she did a solid job. The writing just wasn't there. Um I'm excited about this. She's a, a terrific filmmaker. It seemed like she, you know, while Wrinkle in Time ran out of work, she was very ambitious and went for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're the big comic book guy here. How much do you know about the new gods? Okay. Bits and pieces. So, basically, kind of merge with, like, Jessica Jones... And all of them, like the the Marvel Netflix shows, right? Um, about as much as I know about them. Okay, so like, what are the new gods? I guess is what I'm saying. They're how do I explain this? They're like aliens. They're like aliens from. These like twin planets filled with one of them is like a utopia with you know unspoiled forests, rivers, um, and then another one is like a dystopia ruined with machinery and is ruled by Dark Side, who I think you know who that is. Okay. Yeah. That's basically the easiest way to explain it. So, like the the new the new gods are the natives of those planets, and their rulers. The Utopia one is ruled by this guy named the High Father, and then there's Apocalypse, which is ruled by Dark Side. Okay. Yeah. So this just uh, this still seems like a. I mean, it's an interesting concept, but it seems like a big risk for a company like DC right a studio like DC right now like this does not seem like a uh, a safe movie not the not after they managed to close Justice League get a whole 650 million dollars worldwide like it does not seem like this is the movie to go to like I would say figure out your main characters before you go on to something like this, like Marvel did with Guardians of the Galaxy. They had to figure out their other characters before they got to this point. Yep. So. I don't know. Oh, well. We'll we'll, we'll see. I'm with you. It just seems like a really odd choice for DC here. We'll also see how long she stays on the project. This seems like she... God knows how often people leave true. DC movies. It seems like she really wants to do, though. True. Um, she said Big Barda, who's one of the new gods, is her favorite superhero. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Well, that's a lot of people's favorite. So... But yeah, I'm in, I'm interested to see how they do it and how it turns out. I am too. Uh, hopefully, it's good. Hopefully, I and uh, I I trust her, even to just to take a chance on something. But I, the DC can't afford to just take a chance on something. Nope, not anymore. So, um, so let's move along. Next up. Oh, this is going to be terrific. Shia LaBeouf has apparently written a biopic about himself under a pseudonym. Um, he's going to play his own father. And Academy Award nominee Lucas Hedges has signed on to play Shia LaBeouf. This is amazing. I've got nothing else, really. <laughs> <It's> just... 
What else are we expecting from it's, Shia LaBeouf? It's point? incredible. It's actually incredible. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> this is the best thing of all time, honestly. Uh, like, yeah. like this is Shia LaBeouf being Shia LaBeouf. Like, honestly, what else? I think? Right, we we shouldn't have expected anything less than something like this. So, yeah, big, big, big win for society on this one. Agreed. Just, just get me Shia. Shia LaBeouf playing his own dad is also going to be electric. I'm so excited about this. And yeah, the fact that he wrote the script under a fake name, under an alias, is incredible. Like, it makes it so much better. It's better, but it is. Um, all right. So, again, trial about big win. Next up, uh, Taika Waititi has signed on to direct and star in a Blacklist script called Jojo Rabbit. Um, in which a young child in Germany during World War II, uh, his father has been killed or is lost, to, or is a prisoner of war, or is at war, whatever he is. And he begins to make friends with this imaginary friend who turns out not to be his dad, but is instead a father-like version of Hitler being played by Taika Waititi. Oh boy! So first of all, this is obviously not going to portray him in a in a positive light. I someone that I follow on Twitter for uh, Scott Wampler, I believe it was from Birth Movies Death, was like, "Okay, I'm sitting down to read this screenplay. I don't know if this can work, but let's see." And he came out of his like, "Oh my God, Taika's going to kill this." And yeah, I, I, apparently it's it's darkly funny, and it just works. I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to see how it is how this turns out, because this could go very badly, or very well. Mm. And I figure Tycho will figure it out. I think Tycho will be able to figure it out. Knowing, knowing Tycho Batiti, I have hope yeah. for it. I guess he's going to do this while prepping Akira. So I believe that's his next big budget yeah. movie that he's going to do over at Warner Brothers. He's supposed to be rebooting Akira. So, that'll be cool. But yeah, this is uh, Taika Waititi playing Hitler is not something I knew I I needed, but this sounds incredible. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, yeah. It's a horrible idea and a great idea at once. It's a horrible idea, but with great execution, it can work very well. Correct. Um. So I'm interested time, to I see how it turns out. Good. So we'll see. For it to be on a. So, next up, Kumail Nanjiani, um, freshly off a Academy Award nomination. Shout out to him. That's amazing. He's the greatest. Uh, has signed on to a, a couple of projects, or at least one. He's starring... Okay, so he's going to star in a movie called The True American which is actually going to find him going from comedy to drama for the first time on film, uh, alongside Mark Ruffalo uh, being star, And uh, the film's being directed by Pablo Larraín, whose last film was Jackie, starring Natalie Portman. Um, and it's based on the true story of a Muslim immigrant who advocated for mercy for the man who nearly killed him. That sounds terrific. Oh, my God. Hmm. That <laughs> sounds very interesting. That actually sounds very interesting, and I think Kumail could crush this. Like, I could see him just killing a role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love watching Kumail in just about anything. He's incredible in Silicon Valley. The Big Sick is a terrific movie. So I'm I'm looking forward to this. This sounds like a fun one. And then he's also signed on to an action Mm -hmm. comedy called Stuber in which um, hold on he's going to play an Uber driver that picks up a grizzled cop played by Dave Batista who's hot on the trail of a brutal killer 
<laughs> that sounds incredible. Again, <laughs> like these sound very amusing. Yeah, it sounds good. From the director of Goon, the hockey movie. This sounds fun. So I'm I'm all I'm gonna be interested to see whatever Kamel does coming off the big sick. I wasn't sure what exactly he was gonna do, but it seems like he's picked two really fun projects that he might not have gotten the chance to do beforehand. Mm. And uh, and that's all you can really ask for from someone coming off a, a big hit movie uh, that lands him an Oscar nomination is to take more chances yeah. and turn turn them around. And that's these movies both sound incredibly fun and different. One's an action comedy with Dave Bautista. That's a great pairing. And then doing a, a serious, a dramatic film for Pablo Larraín. That's a great move. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully these turn out well because they sound great. And last for our uh, our news stories for the week, Triple Frontier, uh, which is a movie that's been in the works for a million years now. Um, originally as a vehicle for Catherine Bigelow to direct. And then J.C. Shander signed on. Um, it's had some big-name actors attached, Channing Tatum, Johnny Depp, uh, Tom Hanks, you name it. Uh, a big heist movie. Mm-hmm. And it's been kicking around Hollywood for a long time. It was set up at Paramount. Paramount gave it up to Netflix. And now it seems as though this movie's finally getting off the ground. The movie's going to start shooting next week uh, for Netflix. And officially, it appears as though Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac have signed on to lead the movie. And Pedro Pascal, Garrett Hedlund, and uh, Charlie Hunnam are going are gonna to fill out the rest of the cast. That's, that's a very good cast. Mm-hmm. And J.C. Shander's a terrific filmmaker. I'm very excited about this. This seems like it could be a a really cool sort of drug thriller heist movie, I guess, is what they're kind of pitching it as almost. Yeah. And also, you pretty much put any Oscar Isaac in anything right now. I'm probably going to see it. Yeah. He's he's been on a great run lately with Star Wars and Annihilation and Ex Machina. I can't put his performance on X in X Men Apocalypse on him. That's that was just rough all around. I think that was more more of the writing and more the directing. Like Brian Singer, just and I don't yeah. think he had it on that movie. Speaking of, are we, don't you feel like that we should have a Dark Phoenix trailer by now? Like I feel like that would be something Fox might have wanted to take care of. Okay, you know, yeah, we're about. N- Eight months out from that movie, it's like the first. I think that movie's coming out like the first weekend of November. Like I might have wanted to have a trailer for that in front of Black Panther. <laughs> and I know they're too busy. They're focused on marketing Deadpool right now, and that'll probably be good. and that the trailer for Dark Phoenix will go with pro- either Infinity War or Deadpool. But it still mm-hmm. seems like like the public might not even know this movie is coming. Like, the general public has no idea they're making this movie. And I think that's a massive problem. (laughs) Like, people knew Deadpool 2 was coming. I don't think anyone knows that X-Men Dark Phoenix is a real movie that's coming out in eight months. A real issue over at Marvel. uh, Over at Fox, I should say. Marvel Marvel knows what they're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They're clearly out ahead of everything they want to do right now. Infinity War has outsold Black Panther, and they did it in six hours as far as advanced ticket sales. And Black Panther was the previous record holder, and Infinity War did it in a grand total of six hours, like I said. So, um, And mm-hmm. the marketing machine just keeps on rolling over there. Ant- there'll probably be a new Ant-Man trailer to go with Infinity War, and then I'm 100% certain there will be a Captain Marvel trailer at Comic-Con this year. I'm, I'm locked in on that. I'm pretty certain about think, that. Like, they could put it with Ant-Man, which would also make sense, but I think they want to hold that for Comic-Con. Like, well, it's like a week later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that would make sense. 
but because they want to have something to show at Comic-Con, and I definitely don't think they're going to be ready to show anything from Avengers 4 at that point. Mm-hmm. Avengers 4, I'm, I'm going to guarantee, goes with, like, Wreck-It Ralph 2, or Nutcracker, or Mary Poppins, one of those big Disney movies that's set for, uh, like, November or December this year. Yeah. But you'll get you'll get the Captain Marvel trailer either with Ant Man or at Comic Con. It's, it's it's an either. I'd or. say probably Comic Con, but I would think Comic Con. I'm with you. Although they might want to focus Comic Con more on like Phase Four stuff. That's the only thing. Yeah. Like I wonder if they're going to do kind of what they did at the El Capitan and start rolling off a little bit of information, not like a ton, because obviously they don't want to spoil. So like, like they could say they're making a Thor movie. It doesn't mean Chris Hemsworth's going to be Thor. Like, that's a possible way they go with this. They could announce those movies without spoiling Avengers 4 in some ways. There could be a totally new Iron Man. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I'm still hoping and praying for the idea that uh, by the end of this, like, either Shuri becomes the new Iron Man, which would be, as Riri Williams, which would be amazing. Or I'm still kind of in on the theory that Peter, that. Peter Parker could become the new Iron Man and then Miles, because we know Miles Morales is out there, that Miles Morales could become live-action Spider-Man. And you could have both coexisting. Which yeah, would be fascinating. Be good. I think that would be cool to kind of have two Spider-Man yeah. rolling, but one's Iron Man. And based on the character yeah. dynamics that have been set up, it makes sense. Yeah. So... Uh, that's uh... so. That's what's going on there. Like we said, we somehow ended up on there from Triple Frontier. But uh, I'm excited for that. How about you? <laughs> Triple Frontier. Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page here. Hopefully, Ben Affleck is good because he can either be good or awful in a movie. There's not really an in between. He can't just be like okay in a movie. All right, which brings us to our final segment. Right, as I said, we're going to save our big segment. For this Friday, we're, we're going to do a big baseball theme podcast with uh, with some guests, which should be a ton of fun. With opening day coming up next week, but just we're going to break down this week's new releases, and there's really only one we're going to talk about. I know there are a couple of other smaller ones, but the big one this week is Pacific Rim Uprising, uh, the sequel to Guillermo del Toro's 2013 film Pacific Rim. And uh, this this movie I've heard is not particularly great. Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've heard John Boy. The review I read today is that John Boyega pretty much single handedly brings this movie to the finish line. Like he's yeah. he's really good and he's committed to this movie and he he pretty much does all the work to get it to the end. Which is great to hear that yeah. he you know he can carry a movie like this. He's not mm-hmm. he doesn't have to be the supporting player that he is in Star Wars. That he can just mm-hmm. straight up lead a movie like this. And Attack the Block shows that too. If you've ever seen Attack the Block, it's an awesome movie. I've heard of it. Uh, that was like his his big breakout movie, and it is entertaining as anything you'll ever see. Honestly. Um. So, but that that's really the only big new release this week and uh, wide release-wise. It's, you know, I think it's going to do okay. It's finally going to be the movie that knocks Black Panther off of its perch at number one, it looks like. Um, an impressive run for Black Panther, an impressive start for uh, Pacific Rim that will inevitably get knocked off the top next week when Ready Player One comes out, a movie that is receiving positive reviews almost across the board right now. Surprisingly, yeah. I was not expecting it to. Did you mm. see the tweet from Edgar Wright today? Uh, which one? About Ready Player One? Oh, yeah. Because uh, Edgar Wright went to the London premiere of Ready Player One today, and uh, he was basically marveling. He was like, oh, my God. It, it just further proves that Spielberg is the master of blocking action sequences. Whether they're yeah. large or small, I was like, "Yes, please." 
because those Indiana, those first three Indiana Jones movies are like masterclasses of action filmmaking. The the scene where he like jumps onto the the one truck in Ra- Raiders of the Lost Ark and he's like hanging off the side for a little bit is incredible. The way that's shot. Yeah. So and apparently the CGI, despite having a ton of it, is actually really good. Uh, I'm excited for Ready Player One. That's actually, good. I am. I was. I was worried about it, but now that I know it's good, I'm I'm all in, and I'm excited to uh, just see references to every movie I've loved ever in my life. Yeah, me too. Someone was going through um, one of my friends a list potentially of e- Easter eggs that are in the movie. I don't know how real it is. All I'm all I know is you are going to be could you could be. I don't know if it's real or not. Again, like I said. Very happy when Parzival recovers the the last egg. That's not a spoiler. It's a the movie was a book. It it you know how this movie ends. But when he recovers the last egg, the Easter egg, the reference that may or may not be made will make you very happy. What's the reference? There may or may not be an appearance by Dennis Reynolds uh, talking about uh, and here here's an egg for your troubles or something like that. And all time, it's always sunny. I will, I will cry tears of happiness. <laughs> so if that I happens, that is or, the case. That sounds it amazing. Might Dennis, it might be Frank. So you might not, no, it's Frank. So you'll get Danny DeVito. Here's an egg for your trouble. Yeah, Danny DeVito. Oh man. Oh, so man. if that's true, that's incredible. Like that they would put in "It's Always Sunny." Like if Steven Spielberg watches "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," <laughs> that's just amazing. Hmm. Because Steven Spielberg really seemed to like know a lot of these things that he's referencing. He's not just putting them in there because of script. It seems like he really like like he's like he he's apparently a big gamer. Like Spielberg, big gamer. I don't know if he was playing Fortnite with Drake the yeah. other night, but did you watch that stream at all? By the way, I was uh, in the stadium when that was going. Okay, around. so I was. Or I was somewhere in San Diego when it was going on, but I I read. I, I watched a little bit of it. That was one of the most insane streams I think will, that will, might be the most insane stream that will ever occur. By the end of the night, it was Maybe. Drake, a professional gamer, Travis Scott, and a, a star NFL wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, just just playing Fortnite for six hundred thousand people. It was terrific, and the memes were incredible. Incredible memes yeah. coming out of that live stream. So, like I said, guys, we're gonna that's gonna kind of wrap it up for this week. But it's it's a uh, we're gonna be back later in the week. We don't want to. We didn't want this to be the big podcast this week. We're gonna have this was gonna be like our news podcast, and then this week later in the week we are going to have a big baseball podcast. I'm really hoping that we can get Jeff to talk about Mr. Baseball because it could, it might be the funniest thing that ever happens on this podcast. I'm just going to hype that up with that. It's, and yeah. it would be incredible. So uh, TJ, what can the good people find you online? I'm on Twitter at the TJ blank. Okay. His sound cut out a little bit there. So I'll just say follow him on Twitter at the TJ uh- blank. Turns out it was not my Perfect. headphones' fault all along. I was still doing it a little bit on speaker. <laughs> so, congrats to me for unnecessarily screwing up this episode. Beautiful work, bro. Ah, that's fine. I've done some beautiful work. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DomFerrara5. You can read our writing whenever we get around to it, which we haven't in a very long time, on filmswithferrara.wordpress.com. Obviously, check back later in the week. We're going to talk with some baseball movies. Uh, and also look, be on the lookout for what we believe is currently titled Saucin' on You, but that title m- might change later in the weekend. We're going to be doing some baseball over-unders for our first episode as well as some uh, NCAA tournament talk, which will be very, very funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, we may or may not also have a, have a small live audience for said podcast. So that will be incredible. That's great. It's going to be beautiful. Absolutely. And we're going to hope to get back on the regular schedule relatively soon. And we've just been busy the last couple of weeks with, uh, you know, getting back into swing things with spring break and being, you know, on the road for basketball. But here we are. We're back. And, uh, guys, 
once again, please, um, if you, we're going to play Found Tonight, but please go out, stream it, buy it, whatever. Proceeds go to March for Our Lives. Um, if you want, if this is a cause you believe in, go march on Saturday. Uh, it will definitely be worth it. If you can get to D.C. for the big march, go to D.C. Just let's, yeah, let's support the, uh, not just the students' right to live in, live in schools, but people's right to live in general. Yeah. And from all of us here at Films with Ferrara, enjoy the movies. <laughs>